Hello, bienvenue and welcome to Oblivious Book Review, the podcast where we speak about our recent readings and a lot of other things. Today, your hosts are Sander and Elio. And today we are going to speak about In Order to Live, a North Korean girl's journey to freedom by Yunomi Park and the book The Girl with Seven Names, a North Korean defector story by Lee Hyun Seo. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Today, we are meeting for a new episode, <laughs> obviously. But today is... <laughs> I'm not going to say a special episode, but it's a double episode because it's a theme episode. Sender, the serial reader, as you know him, <laughs> have been reading so many books um, that we have to put them into one episode. <laughs> And they were all linked by the theme of... North Korea. <laughs> exactly so today is like double book episode you're gonna speak about two books if i'm uh, yeah. correct i uh i found these books actually in a in our uh, local bookstore here in the city because uh, our I local bookstore yeah, <laughs> i uh, i tend to go in uh bookstores where i visit the city and also in our local city and uh, just look for new books or new inspirations and i saw this book here in uh, in the, in the swedish bookstore and Um, somehow this caught my eye of uh, the title of the book. You caught it, my eye? Because uh, <laughs> it's called uh, uh, In Order to Live, uh, A North Korean oh. Girl's Journey to Freedom, written by uh, Yunomi Park, if I pronounce her name correctly. <laughs> And this is the first book that I was starting reading about North Korea because I found uh, the the country itself... No, in yeah, kind of interesting. Oh, I wanted to know more about we you know the whole uh, image we have from the media more about North Korea, about the regime and everything else. But I wanted yes. to understand what the, how the people are, or get a better idea of how the people are really living. Because usually a regime of a country is so much different than the actual people living in it. So, uh, and I thought this maybe could be a good way to understand a little bit better how this person describes her story, uh, how it was for her in North Korea, because this is an, yeah, like an autobiography. It's true that uh, North Korea nowadays is quite famous or infamous. Yeah. If I use this word correctly. That, yeah, we, we hear about it a lot, kind of as the, the last bastion of uh, dictatorship in yeah. the world. Or, or real Even communism. pretty far from the truth, I guess. Yeah. And one of the real yeah. uh, communistic countries, I would say, yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and I started reading this book and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff what she was telling me was kind of shocking and also uh, I did not know anything about what what happened in that country for a long time and I guess a lot of people don't well like me I don't, did not really care about it anyway it's just. Uh, I don't know, like when you hear on the news North Korea, it's, like, oh, yeah, it's North Korea, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, yeah. he's gonna try to promise series, this uh, chubby boy that got um, ridiculous in one American movie. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, the, the Great Lead, no, what is it again? The, that's the movie where they hacked, uh, hacked uh, the, the Hollywood studios for it. Um, oh, it's called The Interview. 
Oh yeah, the interview. Yes, I remember the one. Yeah, yeah. Is these two American guys that are yeah. going to North Korea and uh, basically the whole movie uh, made some uh, noise around it because it was a, a big insult to yeah. North Korea. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's what I meant. Uh, I think the North Korea tried hacked uh, the Warner Brothers uh, studios to prevent. Well, from oh yeah. To try to uh, to prevent uh, for releasing the, the movies. The movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it was already a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, I started... Yeah, 2014, oh my God, that yeah. was six years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, time goes really quick, I guess, in that regard. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then I I will uh, explain a little bit more about the book, but um, yeah, I finished that book and I thought like, <laughs> I wanted to read a little bit uh, more about it and... And then there was in the same bookstore another book uh, from a North Korean uh, Your girl. Your first was not fulfilled. So I thought, well, why not? I'm already in the flow of uh, about uh, North Korea, so I will choose this book as well. And this is a girl called the other book is called "The Girl with the Seven Names," and it's a North Korean defector story by Lee Hyun So. If I say her name yeah, also I, correctly, uh, good try. I would say good try. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, <coughs> yeah, that's it's more or less the same kind of autobiography story about her life as well in North Korea. They have both very different stories, how they lived their lives and how they fled from North Korea and how they came to South Korea. So that's what's kind mm -hmm. of interesting to see how they had both kind of the similar way of fleeing, but the, everything like the starting point was kind of similar, like in North Korea and the ending point as well, how they landed in South Korea, but everything in between in their lives was kind of di totally different. So interesting. That was Everyone kind of has nice. his own way of uh, surviving. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting as well. And, uh, um, because, uh, and now they gave both a pretty uh, good account of how the, the culture and the society is, uh, is formed or constructed in North Korea. Um, okay. Because... Uh, That's what I want to hear about. Yeah, because maybe it's uh, interesting to know actually why North Korea came to existence. Because uh, the this is the historical part of North Korea. Because it's... Uh, Please North tell us, you <laughs> keep teasing everything. We have to know. The people have the right to know. <laughs> no, okay. Before the peninsula of Korea was occupied by Japan before the Second World War. And uh, Japan used this peninsula for as their colony, kind of, to extract uh, the natural resources and use the, mm -hmm. the labor for the people who live there. And what kind of resources is there in, North Korea, in Korea? Probably coal or. Mm, something to extract from the ground yeah, rice or food that kind of stuff i'm oh. asking because i've heard of uh, south korea as one of these countries that is um, very good at developing without resources because the resources they have are very good brains mm. so they're developing very advanced systems you give them uh, raw materials and they make yeah. gold out of it mm. because uh, they don't have so much uh, natural resources so that's why i wonder like what japan uh, well, but, uh, Japan had uh, what I uh, kind of know. I think is Japan it has even less resources. That's why one of the reasons they had to <laughs> start uh, this kind of occupying the Southeast Asia area as well during the Second World War to extract uh, uh, resources <laughs> for their war machine. But for yeah, from uh, a Japanese perspective, yeah, it's uh, no. still uh, still good. <laughs> <laughs> still the land of plenty. <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> yeah during the occupation of japan the before the second world war uh, uh, there were already several guerrilla groups fighting against japan i'm uh, sorry but i just saw like guerrilla groups <laughs> yeah Instead of, i know you said guerrilla but oh, I, guerrilla I guerrilla. Okay. guerrilla groups ready to fight then we okay i'll let you tell your story tell, tell the historical so, story. so <laughs> and one of these uh, leaders who was fighting against japan was uh the, one of the first uh was the first leader of north korea that was kim Il-sung. so mm-hmm. uh, he was f- yeah fighting against japan and also during the second world war with the help of the communistic uh uh, uh soviet union i would say and uh, after the Second World War, the peninsula of Korea was divided in the South Park and North Park between uh, the North Park was for uh, kind of governed by uh, Soviet Union and South Park by United States. And, mm-hmm. and the line was more or less drawn on, I don't know, like a, like a 51 par- parallel or on the, on the map. It was just a straight line. Someone uh, said like here. Yeah. And that's how more or less the two countries still yeah, came to existence. The North uh, Soviet Union installed Kim Il-sung as the leader for North Korea. And mm-hmm. the United States put an uh, uh, anti-communist in, in charge of uh, South Korea. And I think his name is Sing Man-ri. And uh, he, Man-ri. Yeah, he became the first president of South Korea. But uh, in the 50s... Uh, South, the North Korean uh, leader Kim Il Sung decided that he wanted to reunify the whole country. So he started to invade South Korea. And that's how the Korean War started in the 50s. And that's the historical part of the whole, well, in, in a nutshell, about North and South Korea. And that's how the still, the yeah, the the status quo is how it is now because technically seen they're still in war with each other, but it's like a, okay, obviously stalemate or a deadlock. Nothing really much happens. Mm-hmm. So like a Cold War style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but does this mean that uh, South Korea have a big army to defend or yeah, to uh, sh- prevent the North Korea from invading? Oh yeah, you even think that United States have one of the biggest. Uh, Land of armies uh, stationed outside of the United States around there in South Korea. Okay, so yeah. it's like you U.S. soldiers that are over there. Yeah, still, yeah, I think technically seen, you could say it's being occupying South Korea, but I'm not sure the people. No, it's, we're uh, defending and yeah. democracy. <laughs> it definitely must be some kind of resources there for yeah. the U.S. to defend this place. Yeah, well. We have to look more into that. If uh, one of our listeners know a bit more about uh, South Korea and what kind of uh, resources they have, because right now we feel like we really don't have uh, the knowledge about that, please tell us uh, on the email address uh, and we will be happy to learn more about Mm -hmm. it and we'll probably make a note about it later. Yep. We always like to hear more opinions. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But... um... Yeah, and this was more or less the start of the Kim dynasty in North Korea. So they created the whole Stalinistic system in North Korea. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what, what I got from the both books is that um, the most striking thing, what I understand is that they have a whole social hierarchy in the, the country, which is more like a caste system, what you can have, what you have in India. And um Every family, every family in North Korea has uh, a different classification, uh, and there are three general uh, classes you have. There's a loyal, 
ability, uh, wavering and hostile, which means how hard, more loyal you are in this caste system. You towards have, the regime. Yeah, towards the regime, how more access you have to better education, better food, better jobs, uh, and so on. And um, yeah. for example... I guess better partner as well. Yeah, like, th- uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. People from high caste cannot... Uh, Marry lower. Really need to lower caste. Or you can, but it's very bad scene. That's not you only marry with someone else if you are having a good uh, uh, song boon. That's what they call this hierarchical song boon. Yeah, song boon boon. And um, somehow this word makes me hungry. <laughs> 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 One song boon with extra sesame, please. <laughs> that was really not nice. I don't think they will like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut this at the montage. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this 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 system is almost yeah defining how you will live your life because you yeah. the songbon uh, determines <clears throat> your expectations you have for your fu- your future life. When you know your songbon is not high, you know that you're not gonna have a very good education, therefore not a good job for in the government. How do you get into one or the other class? Uh, you're born into it? It's very difficult to uh, go up, I think, through marriage, probably. But it's very easy to plummet down into the bottom of the classification. <laughs> because uh, A lot of people are going down. Yeah, because everything... Um, if, if, because people in North Korea... Uh, let's see... Um, they everything around is following the the loyalty of the uh, Kim dynasty. So um, he's the highest uh, supreme yeah, leader. Yeah, because uh, people are always taught on a young age that they are um, they never express their opinions about the regime or the Kim uh, family or never question anything what the leaders tell them to believe or to do. So they only are being taught to <laughs> follow the government to do or say yeah. or think. So that sounds like dictatorship. Yeah, kind of, no. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and if if and and um, they have built a whole uh, besides this Songbon hierarchical system, there is a whole system around with uh, like uh, intelligence, like uh, how secret you, police, secret police, and which is in North Korea called Bowibu. 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 Yeah. That's not so scary. Or maybe that's the, the sound the uh, alarm does on the car. Bowibu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm making enemies right now. Yeah. Today is my, it's the theme. I'm making enemies in North Korea. Well, I think you can uh, compare this uh, uh, security police as uh, KB, KGB, I guess, back in the days. And mm, Back uh, in the good old days. Yeah, they, well, they are... They are in charge of running the political prisoners camps and investigate threats to the regime. And these threats are only related to um, people who are uh, not loyal to the to the political system. Mm-hmm. So they're not focused on real crimes like theft or corruption. It's only about yeah uh, people talking about bad pro- pro- uh, for example on yeah something is not really working. Co- or this lo- this policy is not really is corrupt or whatever. Mm. But the best thing what they have put in place in this system is that that these agents don't have to spy on the citizens because they managed to create a system that citizens spy on each other. So they, everyone checks oh each other. My God. So um, so so because na- neighbors look what other neighbors are doing. 
children spy on other children. Uh, really work. children as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And workers watch their co-workers. So it's a whole society. Based on delation. Yeah, and fear, I, I would say. Everyone is very careful what to say and speak out. And uh, yeah. Because I get the one that um, betrays the neighbor or the child gets... Yeah. Uh, gets some reward. Some reward. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, and, the, and That's in, yeah. horrible. Yeah. So... And, and indoctrination, I would say, starts at a very young age because children goes to school, yeah. and there's a very what, fresh mind to be modeled the way we want to. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Because, for example, the, the examples they both of the authors use in the books is that when they went to school, the education starts about uh, yeah, like glorifying the Kim dynasty or their country. I would say. And mm-hmm. uh, very nationalistic. Uh, yeah, they. Brainwashed. I mean, they have subjects with they learn like math and science or music, but everything was mm-hmm. with a layer of propaganda. So I wrote down uh, an uh, an example, which maybe is very extreme, but uh, this was literally written in a book that they had a math uh, for one of the students had a math problem tried to solve. It was about. If you kill one American bastard and your comrade kills two, how many dead American bastards do you have? That's the, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the math questions they have in North Korea. Yeah. So I remember reading something similar about what uh, young people had to do in Nazi Germany, and it was like um, a house for a regular family cost uh, like um, fifteen thousand Deutschmark, yeah. and um, hospital for people that are uh, sick in their mind costs that much, and you will have that much people in the hospital. And then the, the of course the result of the math test was that uh, it costs much, it costs too much money to have uh, the the mind sick people. So hmm, good occasion to uh, make the experiment on them and then yeah. shoot them. Yeah, so you are like, yeah, I, I don't know why this idea, but for me, uh, mind sick people are expensive. Yeah, it's it's kind of striking that the education can be so. Well, I mean, if you use us that way of education purposes, you can form people's minds so, so uh, strike yeah, like molding them already at such a young age. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah, not scary, but uh, it's kind of how I would say scary. Yeah, I mean, and. Probably we got our own little own kind of little propaganda as well during our school education. Yes, I really much agree. But yeah. I feel like we have a lot of uh, way out. Like yeah, a lot of um, maybe not on everything, and there are a lot of things that are good to to question. But I don't feel so threatened when I just question the regime or no. when I, I I feel like I have a lot of occasion to see something else when I have the possibility to travel and to go out of the country first yeah. of all. And I you, I guess you, it's not the same in North Korea. No, that's very random, very seldom. I will come to the point of how they fled through from out uh, North Korea, but mm-hmm. uh, I think as well when I look to my own education is yeah you maybe we uh, we we had the opportunity to criticize certain or question at least uh, certain things at school. So without having any severe punishment, I would say. <laughs> because uh, you couldn't have tulips this year <laughs> <laughs> but for north korea you uh, yeah you you have to learn everything by heart so because for every question there's only one right answer 
So, oh my god. And I, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's only about rehearsing and having these propaganda uh, uh, exercise at school, and uh, and they learn at a young age as well to 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 be loyal to the king but also they do really military exercises as well at the school times so what kind of exercises well what they mentioned in the books is that they during the like the breaks or the recess at school that the student had to line up and they had to take turns to beat or stab dummies to which are dressed like american soldiers <laughs> How old were these kids? Uh, just primary school. <laughs> <laughs> they learned to stab people? Yeah, yeah. I wonder how uh, people will react in Europe if you say, like, this is a way to get the aggressivity out yeah. to uh, stab <laughs> them in. <laughs> so they don't stab real people. Yeah. Probably will encounter a few um, constraints, a bit of resistance. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's... Uh, it's... I don't know. It's something I got really surprised by this kind of thing because i never knew about that was really a thing you know like in north korea i mean but yeah i um and also what also is mandatory for uh elementary schools to attend to is going to uh, public executions so public executions yeah what yeah <laughs> so <laughs> there's public executions in uh, north korea and that's why how it's a way of the regime to teach the citizens lessons in loyalty to the regime. Yeah, it's a way to scare them. Yeah, of course. It's a yeah. way to push them down. See, like, you could be there. Yeah, exactly. And what the consequences that, that could be. That sounds like Middle Ages. Yeah. That's how you yeah. get your population down by fear. Yeah. And, and um, I'm, I'm so sick that we, we, we st it still works, you know, like the same way it worked 1,000 years ago. You still have the same tool to control your population. Yeah. Police and fear of being uh, killed. Killed of family, <laughs> even actually, and the uh, relation between people mm -hmm. divide so you can reign. Like, ah, yeah, is it really that easy? Why, well, if you get a chance, uh, let a chance to, I guess, something like that can pop up, yeah. And that's why I was so surprised that we are let this happening, you know, like, uh. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, the, do you think we are the, the heroes and guardians of the world? And I guess as we, you mean Europeans? No. Like a big power of the world? Do you think we are supposed to intervene uh, everywhere? That's a big question we can try to give our point of view on. I mean, uh, on a human, human, interventionist? for a humanitarian point of view, yes, I think. It's, uh, it's an, uh, an uh, true... Uh, to say to tell it lightly a true tragedy what's happening in north korea and there's no i mean we only news what we heard is about this yeah they launched a missile a missile uh once in a while to you know in the in <laughs> japanese sea but you don't hear the Every once in a while yeah they don't you don't hear any news about the people who are really suffering in that country and yeah that's really unfortunate because that should be more the story about it than only about the regime, I think. Because if you tell that story, the, it's really, uh, people go through shit. Uh, it's really almost impossible to imagine what they go through because, uh, yeah, no, I cannot imagine how they go through because we never have had that occasion in our lives. We have been very 
well sorted in our needs uh, what uh, in education wise but food wise yeah. we have everything what we want and they people in well maybe not now anymore but uh, in the 90s it was a really difficult decade for uh, north korea uh, because there was a uh, partially the collapse of the soviet union and the soviet union supported a lot north korea by providing fuel and food and so they did not have any uh fuel anymore to support, to power, yeah, support the mm-hmm. electricity and everything. So there was a big famine in, in the 90s uh, in North Korea where a lot of people starved to death. And was this this described in the book? Yeah. Like uh, by yeah. one of the women? Yeah, she both lived of them. It? Yeah, yeah. They're both, okay. uh, they're both born in uh, the beginning of the 90s and or the end of the 80s. So they went through it, yeah, as a little child. Yeah. So they're not so old. They are most our age. Yeah, they are younger than us, actually. Yeah. Than you or than me? Yeah, than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're older than you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when you you say like you, we cannot understand these feelings because no. we our life is just so far from it. Like our problems are like oh, I don't. Uh, my my iPhone battery is not lasting the entire day, or yeah. I'm I'm kind of taking the cliche things, or like uh, like me today, I was pissed because I had to go back where I came from because mm. I forgot something, so I had to bike under <laughs> the rain. That was kind of that that made up my day in a bad way. But I think we're speaking different things. So when you were reading these books, yeah, did you feel like you had the possibility to to feel for them, to feel uh, empathy, and to like feel it in your belly? What they what Sometimes. they went no. through. Yeah, one book, especially the f- <clears throat> the first book uh, from um, what's her name again from uh, Yun Mi Park in order Yun-mi to live. Park. She her story was really dramatic because uh, uh, if I she, I mean she grew up yeah in the north of North Korea, close to the border of China, and she told her story about how late, yeah like her childhood was pretty okay, really peaceful in normal circumstances I would say. But mm-hmm. uh, certain events happened in like in later in her life, like when it was, she was 10 or so, like her father went to the prison and then only her mom had to provide her them for food and everything that was very difficult during the time period. So she decided to cross the border with, with China to find better, yeah, more food and maybe to have a better life. And, uh, she wanted to cross with her with a sister of hers. She had one sister, and um, yeah, uh, bef- shortly before she wanted to cross the border, she got sick and she had to operate. So her sister went alone, and she stayed. Oh my god! So <laughs> of course, like just there. at that time, she stayed. Uh, she stayed alone and uh, recovered a little bit from the surgery. And her mom didn't know that they had the plan to cross the border because probably her mom would would uh yeah would not allow it because if you escape but because the consequences usually is if you escape uh, of, yeah uh, across the border with china uh, it means that the the secret the police family. yeah the secret yeah. police will come to you and they will question where where is your daughter or your family member and usually it means they will take your family members to those uh, prisoner camps the gulag and uh, also it means yeah that your whole family goes down on the ladder of this social hierarchy system so there's a lot of uh, consequences and not even for 
their family, but also for three or four generations after them. So it's not like yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, like just... <laughs> <laughs> so there's a they tried very hardly to not leave. Uh, the government tries of government regime tries very hard not people to <laughs> leave, uh, to uh, yeah to other countries. But anyhow, for her, uh, for Park, she crossed the border after a while uh, together with her mom because yeah, she she told her mom and uh, yeah, they both decided to cross. And the first thing what they uh, what they did when they crossed, they had uh, they had a broker, kind of a human trafficker, and they crossed the border. And then uh, the broker told her mom, yeah, when they were in China, that he wanted to have sex with uh, with Yumomi, the park, the gritty girl, the with the little girl. Yeah, she was by then thirteen, and uh, and the, yeah, it's a. That's a good day. Yeah, that's uh, that's what. Not at all. So her mom <laughs> decided to sacrifice her, so she offered her herself to the broker then uh, for her daughter, and that's the that's the start of the whole, I would say, nightmare. Because after that, it's just the start. It's just the start because after that, they, <laughs> the both the mom and the daughter got sold because uh, they became uh, they got told if you want to stay in China. We will sell you to a Chinese man, or you go back to North Korea where you will die in uh, yeah gulag. So they had no choice then to be sold and get so married. They got betrayed. The guy that was supposed to make them pass through, he used them. Yeah, exactly. Like he, yeah. he raped them yeah. and then he sold them. Yeah, that's a good business, man. Yeah. And that is a that's not only the start of it. But <laughs> 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 it, 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 and that's just one of the stories. Like uh, yeah, her mom just got sold for sixty five dollars, you know, and. Uh, and ah, good price, good price. Yeah, and, uh, she was probably on sale. Uh, <laughs> girl, Park, she because she was very young, she got uh, more money for it. Of not seed with the broker, uh, she was. Uh, yeah, she got. She uh, didn't get much. I guess uh, two thousand uh, dollars for. Yeah, she got. Ah. she got uh, purchased by a guy. Uh, but in was, China, so like it, yeah. Chinese people purchase North Koreans. Yeah, yeah. In, in the to do what. I guess. Oh, so the reason, so actually in that time period, uh, what I remember from the book is that, so they crossed the border with China and the northeast corner of China is, uh, there, there lives a an, an, uh, minority of, uh, what you say, Korean Chinese um, uh, group. And mm -hmm. they have, yeah, of course, they are related somehow with uh, Koreans in the peninsula. So they have sometimes family members in Korea or uh, somewhere in the northeast corner of uh, China, and often the the ladies from Co North Korea get sold to Chinese men who cannot find a Chinese woman, either buying because they are not. No, I know, I'm not sure they it's true, but maybe they're not very well looking, or they're not very wealthy, or maybe they are a little bit uh, some handicap. I don't know, something like that, something what. In Chinese society, is not very favorable to have uh, to be a, an uh, as an husband. Mm -hmm. They're not really uh, yeah. top yeah. top of the top notch male. No. So yeah. yeah. What are you gonna buy today? I think I'm gonna buy some cheese, some carrots, and a wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it works. And sixty-five dollars. But uh, so the, her mom got sold. I remember to a guy somewhere further away. So she had to. Yeah, they had to separate her mom and uh, and the daughter. And the daughter stayed close to the Ch North Korean border in a city with a guy called Hongwei. 
and he was also a uh, human trafficker and actually i don't somehow this guy kind of liked uh, uh park uh kind of more i don't know and she he treated her better than than the other girls he had because he was kind of human trafficker sometimes he had more than 10 women in his place to be uh trade or sold somewhere else and in this process she started like she lived maybe like a few years there and she helped them out with this human trafficking and in the end she managed as well to persuade this guy uh, way to purchase her mom back to her so that she could live at least together again with her mom um, That's such a from what we come yeah. from and and somehow she also could uh, manage to uh, get her father from North Korea back to to China so they had at least a family together but still her sister was somewhere else in China which she did not know where she could find her and um, um, but yeah okay her father was very sick and he died shortly after when they he arrived in uh, China and and then uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened in between a lot of yeah, she got once kidnapped and <laughs> oh she got also raped and had to do abortion. And uh, and that's only between 13 and 15 years old. All that all that stuff happened in those years. And yeah, right now, like all 15 years old, they get traumatized when their phone gets broken or yeah. when, uh, when they see, uh, <laughs> I don't know, when they miss their bus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so, not like, of life can you have after yeah. that that's uh sometimes i had to when i was reading her story i was like Ugh. i had a stone in my stomach you know like i was wondering yeah. like when does it end because it keeps continuing <laughs> like uh, when will it end yeah so i feel like we should have made a note for our listeners like uh, okay <laughs> you had a good sunday well now it's done <laughs> now you're gonna cry all the freaking yeah. drops of uh, water you have in your eyes all the yeah. tears you can uh, i mean I was wondering how much can you kind of bear as a human being, you know, like uh, this kind of stuff, because sometimes yeah. I, I can imagine for her, yeah, sometimes she just, she went through it, but she was not really herself. I guess you were almost somebody else at that moment. You just had to do it. Otherwise you will go insane. I think if you really conscious thinking about it and, and I don't know, somehow, yeah, somehow. Of what course, do you mean by not herself? Oh, if you, if you really reflecting, I mean, in the moment itself, if, if you're reflecting about, oh, you have been sold uh, and then you have been... Uh, what a shitty life I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pure survival, I think. You don't have really a moment to 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 think about it. And maybe that was also not a good idea at the moment because then you will collapse, I think. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also, after a while... Um, she she started to uh, uh, still about park. Uh, she started to prepare to become uh, to be free. She became more knowledgeable about that uh, that she could live in South Korea and got the citizenship when she arrived there. So she tries to find ways to flee from where she was now with this guy Hong Wei uh, to South Korea. And in this process, she came across Christian uh, missionaries. And these missionaries uh, helped her and actually her mom to uh, to prepare for their trip, and they went to Mongolia, and uh, okay. and and they had to 
cross the border with Mongolia themselves, but the part between uh, the city where they live close to North Korea and China to the border of uh, Mongolia, they got kind of bus trippers of trains. They was that was organized, but they had they crossed the the, the border by foot in uh, in Mongolia, and you, you have to imagine uh, the border with Mongolia and China is a desert, and it's not like an, uh, a road in between. So you have to uh, because I've been there myself as well for traveling in Mongolia, and <laughs> not uh, in the same context, yeah. <laughs> no, very different context. So I sometimes because. Uh, I've been going through by train from the from uh, from the yeah from the border of Mongolia to China, and there, there is literally nothing. There's just sand and some little bushes. And uh, if you cross that border, it's not like you can go to the first uh, house uh, in Mongolia because there is nothing. So you have to walk a while before you meet someone who can uh, kind of arrest you if you're a refugee and place you in a detention center or something. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and since they were illegally crossing the border, they went through a border which was less protected. And it was, of course, in the winter because there's less guards who would stop them. And Mongolia is an, has a an, uh, an, an continental climate, so which means... Um, it's very cold at night. Yes, in the winter especially. In summers, it's freaking hot in the desert, but in the winters, it's really cold. And it can get, get up in the winter, like minus 30 degrees. And... Uh, and you have to. And I guess they were not super well equipped. They didn't no. have uh, the, the great ski jacket. No, the, no, 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 hiking bag. boots. <laughs> and no, only... they didn't. Oh, they didn't think about bringing that. No. Oh, how unplanned. Yeah. The only thing what they got from the missionaries was an uh, a compass, two compasses, and two sack, uh, uh, two uh, head torches. And they were like, Please let them go. They said, like, take this, go to Mongolia. Yeah, uh, follow. They said, actually, follow this this direction, like uh, the North Star, for example, the Polar Star. Uh, follow that direction, and if you follow that, then uh, you will hit an, a city or a town down the road after a while. And that's how they. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they got. Uh, fa- yeah, they they got. Why go to Mongolia instead of South Korea directly? Oh, so, oh yeah, that's part of what I forgot. So, uh, you have different flight uh, flee routes from China to South Korea. Uh, mm-hmm. The North, Mongolia has kind of an, so, uh, as I understood, an, a silent agreement with South Korea to take in North Korean refugees and that they, when they take them in, they bring them to the South Korean embassy and the South Korean embassy will take them to South Korea. And, uh, and apparently that's North Mongolia has been one treating the North Korean defectors pretty okay-ish uh, because other countries around China, uh, like uh, Vietnam or Laos, um, that's more that's in Southeast Asia, actually. So uh, some uh, defectors, they flee from there, which have been done by the lady of the other book I mentioned. The okay. She took this route to the south, but those countries treat uh, apparently very bad uh, the, those refugees. And But I will come that on later on, I think. But they they keep in mind the time yeah. of the episode <laughs> but uh, we are planning to do a longer episode than usual today as you might have seen in the timetable when you listener are looking at the episode yeah 
and everything is needed to tell this kind of story. I don't want to rush through it. No, since it's a double book episode, it's a very layered uh, story. But uh, yeah, Park and her mom uh, went with this group of people uh, through the border in Mongolia, and um, by luck or whatever, they they got the, they got discovered by the by the border police, and they got uh, into this detention center in Mongolia and stayed there for a little bit, and then. After a while, they got picked up by an I think a South Korean official, and they were and and they got flown into South Korea. And uh, a success. Yeah, that was a success. Uh, however, yeah. so but then the real s- struggle often starts with people. Who ah, <laughs> come out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, the uh, not the real struggle, I would say, but. Uh, I think the mo- most difficult problem people have are people who flee from North Korea to South Korea. They think they are free, uh, but they don't really know what free means because <laughs> they've never lived in it. No, they have always lived a life which decisions have been already taken for them and they don't have to think for themselves because the regime takes care of that. So now they come to discover that being free means making choices for your own life, I guess. And if you never have been learned or never used to that, that is very yeah. difficult. It's still difficult for people that yeah. are living in free country to make choices. True, even. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. That's true. But so, uh, what kind of struggle did they go through then? Now, first of all, uh, all North Korean uh, uh, defectors come into a uh, kind of an, uh, a center called uh, Hanawon. That means uh, House of Unity, and this uh, center tries to re-educate the defectors. Wow. Uh, and also to it has a double function also to weed out uh, imposers so sometimes North Korea send their secret agents to the south and pretend they are North Korean refugees to track real refugees from North Korea so, oh my god yeah to uh, yeah and uh, South Korea has to be careful with this yeah and uh, how, how can they know who is who uh, they have probably a whole program for yeah they do interrogation uh, examination family history and everything else they, I think it's just they have to go on through a whole process to prove that they are really a uh, North Korean defector and this is mm-hmm. like an uh, and then after that they go to another facility where they get three months kind of training about uh, they learn about South Korean society but also um try to no maybe not correct but um the correct the image what they got north korean got drilled in during their yeah propaganda from the north so we, we south korea is giving them their own propaganda yeah exactly and this can be very Which confusing because uh, i mean <laughs> if you realize for example everything what i've been told all my life is not true of true <laughs> what is what they're telling me now in South Korea is the truth, you know? So what is real and what's not, so... Yeah, you must be so lost. Yeah. So... Do you think us as Europeans, we can live a shock like this? Like going to another truth? Or do we have too much vision of like, yeah, there are other truths? I think... I think it's... Some people do, some people don't, I think. Right? I mean, like, can I... Where could I go in the world to have such a shock of 
people seeing the world differently. Maybe North Korea, I guess. Yeah, but you will never have the opportunity to to experience that. No, and it's not really something I'm looking forward no. to. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a crazy journalist that wants to go to the hardest place ever. <laughs> but yeah, so what they say in this book is that all the things we... Uh, a lot of what we hear in the media about North Korea is not wrong. It's like, it's a shitty place to, yeah. to believe that people yeah. are oppressed on their yeah. mind and on their body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Keep on the and uh, this travel story. And for this uh, girl Park, uh, uh, she, yeah, for her the most difficult part being in South Korea actually is that that she had to think all the time for herself, which I mentioned a little bit before, and that was yeah. very exhausting. And she she really mentioned that for her, um, freedom. She never could have Im- uh, imagined that freedom could be so difficult or cruel. Crew, uh, yeah. in what way? Uh, because I guess mostly because in North Korea, all the thinking has been done for for uh, for them. So she never have to, she just live her life according someone decided for her. Now she has to decide or form her life her way, and which can be very. Uh, dynamic I think you know like in, uh, in <laughs> yeah, very dynamic colorful and very very different ways you can live a life so okay and uh, um, that's how she started uh, yeah started her life up again and uh, uh, in, in South Korea to mm. follow education and uh, um uh, and uh, she started to become more like an advocate for uh, her story of being an, a North Korean uh, defector. And she tra- tries to express her life story with uh, with other people and try to s- give this uh, information out to the world, to the public, what how it is to live in North Korea. And that's why she became more like an uh, yeah activism activist 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 yeah, and <laughs> and. Um, what does she hope to reach? What is her goal by putting her story, giving her story to the world? Well, her, her main purpose was actually to process her memories and try to make sense of everything that happened with her in uh, with uh, during the time period and and to process the memories that she has. So in a less harsh way, it sounds a bit like the book from Damour. It was a memory yeah. work that turned into a book. Yeah. Yeah, but her memory. Uh, actually, she wrote this book when she was twenty-one. <laughs> so <laughs> this is her yeah. autobiography. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm done now. I'm yeah. twenty-one. I, I've lived through life already. I've seen every size of life. <laughs> so I mean, wh- when you realize how much she has been go through, I think like Jesus, it's almost like even more than a lifetime experience. You know, like uh, <laughs> too much for one lifetime. So some people have their life very steady nothing really ups and downs but this is a lot of uh, fluctuations i would say in life down 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 yeah. down down, yeah. down up down yeah. <laughs> and um yeah and the, the story of the other lady from the book uh, the girl with seven names mm-hmm. is actually almost not the opposite but she tells the same story about how the life was in north korea and mm-hmm. why she actually left north korea because it was mostly more 
for her on the reason that she wanted to see how it was in China and she wanted to visit the family, not merely yeah, in, the, in the food, of course, but not really she had to flee off uh, because her family was in prison on a bad, uh, bad social uh, structure, but she wanted to just to taste how it is to live in China because that, that life uh, life was much better than in North Korea and then come back to North Korea, which obviously didn't happen <laughs> because uh, okay. there were some unfortunate circumstances for her because she left uh, North Korea just before her 18th birthday. And mm-hmm. when you're 18 in North Korea, you are uh, allowed to vote for elections. Um, Do they have elections? I thought they had a supreme leader. <laughs> yeah, but, they have, it, but officially, the, the name of Korea is the, the uh, Democratic Republic of uh, yeah, Korea. Korea. So they have to have uh, elections, right? But of yeah, course, the, the winner is always the same. <laughs> of course, it's 100% for Kim uh, Kim family. So Even 120%. <laughs> but uh, what the government does when there's elections, they start uh, to register the voters and they go mm-hmm. house, from household to household to check if the people are still there. And they just discovered why is this uh, yeah, Lee uh, girl not in this house because she left uh, the day before to oh, China. So they discovered that... Uh, yeah, that's it. Right away. So yeah, that was very unfortunate. So she could not come back anymore to North Korea. And uh, uh, she's, at that time, she stayed uh, with her uncle and aunt in a city in uh, northeast China as well. And uh, and then she yeah had to decide to try and make a living in, in uh, northeast China. And that took her several, several months and... Uh, and this 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 became a little bit prom- problematic for the, the the uncle and aunt as well because they had to provide her with food and uh, and a house. How it cost yeah. a lot. So they started to come up with an idea to uh, find a partner for uh, Lee, like uh, to marry, <laughs> arrange a marriage, so that you could she could have uh, um, a house and a family herself. And also because she was North Korean, she did not have uh, identity papers. So she had to marry a Chinese guy to become a Chinese woman. That she didn't choose herself. No, and she was really not into this guy. And uh, almost on the day they went to go on a marriage, she, she ran away. She just fled and she... Uh, <laughs> She's a runner, yeah. born to run. She decided to live <laughs> that life with this uh, guy and... Uh, that was for her the start of a little bit of a dangerous life. Nothing comparable to uh, what uh, the what's her other name? The previous character, uh, Yoon Park. Yoon Park. <laughs> Can you say it again? You you know me, Park. You know me, Park. You know me. Something like that. At least Park. That's <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, yes, because she had no identity papers and no money, and she was alone, and she and that's just. Yeah, she started to encounter a little bit of shady people, and and she got uh, offered mm. uh, to work somewhere in an um, in a uh, massage salon, which turned out to be a sex salon. And yeah, uh, I've heard about these places. And uh, <laughs> of, uh, luckily, she managed to escape very early, uh, and she got just a regular job as a waitress in the same city in a very small uh, restaurant. And uh, yeah, she. 
she started to build a little bit of her life over there. But uh, yeah. until the point she got arrested because someone tipped the police that she was North Korean. And some why? To get citizen points. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I have actually no clue. Maybe there is some some yeah, there will be something in it for the other person. Or maybe yeah. uh yeah. I have I actually have no clue why people would do that. But she uh, made some enemies. She will jealous lover. Yeah, could be. But she managed to uh to um, convince the police, local police in China, that she was North, of a, that she was Chinese, because by then she spoke <laughs> fluent China, uh, Mandarin, and because she had uh, almost kind of the marriage with the, the guy, she they provided already kind of an ID card, but they did not get an ID. She they didn't give the ID card to her. So they only showed her. Okay, so if you marry with me, you get this Chinese ID card. Uh-huh. The ID card was already prepared, but she not had it really in her own position. But what she did then during the time period, she memorized the identity number, so she could provide identity number to the police, and she con- convinced that she was Mandarin, and they could check in the the system that she was the database, and they found her. Yeah, they found her. Yeah, and they, so she, the, uh, she could. That's the reason they let her go, and um, and. Uh, I wonder what happened to the Indic that uh, for for the police gave false information. Yeah, he uh, po- probably he got punished because uh, she actually punished. Pro- yeah, because she a few weeks later she uh, got hit, uh, knocked down by a stranger uh, from behind uh, when she wanted to came back from work and she wanted to open her front door. She got it's knocked out with, with a bottle of uh, a beer bottle on the back of the head. I think that was kind of a uh, revenge, I guess, somehow. That's what she thinks, at least. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the moment for her that she decided to, de- uh, to leave this place and to go to Shanghai. And uh, in Shanghai is where she really started to become, yeah, to have a normal, normal life. Because this is Shanghai. You can see, but Sender did the bracket series finger like normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Shanghai is a massive city, so you can just go into the city. Nobody really cares who you are as long as you make money and uh, and you don't do illegal, really illegal stuff. So she. Just... I thought she was supposed to make money. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she started still to work in as a waitress, and she tries to find a real. ID card, a Chinese ID card, which she managed eventually to get from um, kind of a broker. And uh, it's, a, it's a fake ID card. Well, actually, it's a real it, was, one. it was kind of an interesting process because she, she told like, uh, apparently there's a whole market in China of purchasing ID cards. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently she got an ID card from uh, a family in, which were living in the countryside. And this family had a daughter which was uh, handicapped, like um, uh, syndrome of Down. So uh, mm-hmm. they wanted to ha- raise more money for the, her uh, child to provide this child later when the parents are uh, deceased. So they sold this ID card to the broker and the broker used this ID card for her. Of course, with her picture on it, but she got a different name. And that, oh, that's why as well, why, that's the book. That's why the book is called Seven. The girl with seven. Yeah, I guess she goes through seven identities yeah, exactly. uh, through the entire book. Yeah. 
And that's how she got officially a Chinese ID card and she could get better paid jobs and she found a more meaningful work as a translator because she could speak Korean and Mandarin by then. So she worked for a Korean, South Korean company in Shanghai as a translator mm -hmm. for the CEO. So she went to business trips with these uh, uh, board guys. Like yeah, that's how we can go through. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and actually she started dating a South Korean guy. And um, everything is coming together. Everything became better for her. <clears throat> and uh, somehow she still uh, felt not really home like China. So she there's a little things of process happening in between, but she started to looking in to how to go to South Korea. And although she was together with a South Korean guy, she was not really, um, how you say, really in love with him. But so she never really asked him to marry that guy and become South Korean. She just wanted to become South Korean by herself, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like independent. What kind of person did she seems to be through the book? Did she seems to be a like a I guess a strong character woman? Like she she knows what what she wanted and she yeah both ways because both the women have been in very vulnerable positions. They have, so they have been questioned a lot like who they are or what's good to do, and uh, but somehow I guess they. Kind of real survivors i would say right like uh yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it yeah. yeah they well at least they 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 chose their own path to to in their destiny i would not say to freedom but more like how yeah. <laughs> at least they they had a, a saying something to say in the, yeah, yeah the choice of the destiny yeah and this whole history makes me think a lot when you were speaking about like how do we in Europe treat refugees that are arriving right now yeah. that are in trouble and coming because of a dictatorship, because of a lack of food, More because of climate change. Food, yeah. No, and they, they're coming now. And I guess if more people were to have read books that you've read and more people were to have listened to this episode, uh, they will be much more kind towards uh, these people in need. Yeah. Yeah, because they went through shit and actually they didn't do anything. <laughs> and they did not do anything wrong, you know. I mean, uh, to just have been born in, an, uh, yeah, in a place which was not so favorable, I guess. Yes, it sounds like it's... Yeah. That's a, a very tough episode. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, uh, to wrap it up for, uh, for this lady, uh, she, she managed to f uh, get to South Korea. But actually, she was uh, a so-called 1% case because uh -huh. she belongs to the group of people who, uh, uh, who took a, a, a flight because she, she, because she started working and she had a Chinese ID card. She had money to buy a flight ticket to Shanghai, to uh, I don't, uh, uh, Seoul. And, uh, and the only thing what she was doing, going through the customs, and um, um, from uh, Shanghai airport, uh, fly to Seoul, which is two hour flight. And she just uh, went off the plane and went to the immigration officers and told them, them, yeah, I'm North Korean and I like to ask for political asylum. And that's, <laughs> and that's how she ended, entered more or less South Korea. Of course, the, 
there was a whole process again with this uh, 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 the center of education in South Korea. She had to prove, of course, that she was North Korean because nobody believed in the beginning that she was North Korean because it was so easy for her to easy comparable to to come to South Korea because most people who flee from North Korea have to go through a whole ordeal like how um, Park has been going through from Mongolia with uh, with human traffickers and bad treatment of uh, refugees along the way and um, for her personally she got better uh, off uh, tra- yeah tra- yeah better off for her yeah 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 the things human inflicts to the inflict to themselves it's crazy the things we are putting uh, to putting each other through mm. did you see a lot of uh, did you you've read as well about um, Anna Frank yeah did you see some similarities it was women fleeing a regime that was not wanting their good uh Yeah, actually, it has been mostly women. The books. There must be some s- stories as well of uh, guys yeah, yeah. fleeing from regimes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm wondering how much of more of these stories are out there. You know, like uh, I've been reading these. <laughs> Uh, you can turn it into the theme of your reading. <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed kind of reading these stories because it's really a human story, right? It's really a tragedy, and like it just shows as well how a life can be, despite the, all the horrible things that both women in these books have been through, and they somehow managed to come up with get through it. Yeah, or get through it, or manage to make a li- living out of it again. Somehow they managed, I guess with a lot of struggles back and forth uh, to to make a kind of a no, yeah, kind of a stable normal life um, I, I know this um, the girl from uh, uh, Lee she she still lives in South Korea and the other girl Park she she met an American uh, and she married him and lives now somewhere in the uh, United States uh, so it's really fascinating how lives can develop I think. Yeah. In what way? Yeah, you mean like from the point A, the beginning of your life to where you go afterwards? Yeah. yeah. Interesting to read about life stories, that's for sure. And uh, I guess it's very inspiring for one's life. Like you must be much more thankful towards what you live. And uh, maybe if next time someone asks you for help, you will be more willing to help yeah. if you can. Yeah, in your own means, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do a conclusion to this uh, both this story that we are very touching? I must say, yeah. I feel quite heavy right now. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> That's how I felt it's, after uh, finishing those two books. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have not really, uh, not really a word, a word for the end. No, no. I mean, no. In the end, uh, that's, it has been a kind of a happy ending for them. So, Yeah, we're used to that. Uh, imagine if it was not even a happy ending. I guess most of the story of refugees doesn't happen. end with a happy ending. No, I think they are very, uh, f- they belong to those small amount of people who are lucky enough to, to survive this whole uh, journey. 
<laughs> I wonder if this episode will have um, pushed some people to start <laughs> activism to help the people of North Korea or and uh, start an NGO or help NGO. I guess there must be some. It must be possible. I hope so. No, I mean, it doesn't need to be even North Korea. It can even be, for us, you mentioned, be uh, like closer to our, in Europe, uh, we have also a lot of refugees uh, coming in. Exactly. And uh, well, help people around you. I know like in my city here, you have a lot of um, Swedish people that are giving uh, Swedish and English classes to the one arriving. Yeah. Like it's not so hard to do if you speak the languages. You take uh, two hours of your time per week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for and us. And you helping others. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to uh, arrive in a new country. So even yeah. for us, we are both kind of immigrants, I would say. In yeah, yeah, we are. We are, but we don't come from so far, and we're not uh, coming for the same reasons. We came, uh, but for leisure <laughs> slash study. <laughs> yeah, I call that leisure. Leisure compared to what you talked about. You talked about like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like when you read this book, you're in this mindset, and then you have someone coming to you saying like, "Ah, oh, I have an assignment for next week. Like my life's so hard." Yeah, you must think like you have no idea. <laughs> no, but even for. Even when they describe it, it's it's almost impossible for us to imagine it, so or mm. feel it. That's the thing, I guess. That's uh, because in in the end of the day, after a few weeks or so, these kind of stories will be more in the back of your mind, and the other things what is urgent or important for you in your life will be popping up, like oh, there's this deadline for work or the, for university. Yeah, that's is. We like, go back to to your your Russian to who you were before yeah. Yeah, that strikes me as well when you live somewhere far for some time you you start to be adapted to there and then when you go back to where you were before you very easily fall back in the same uh, habits that you had before yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. Sorry. well I guess we should wrap it up yep. it's already a long episode uh, it might be longer even than the one uh, with the moon <laughs> wow Another, another episode about traveling and uh, <laughs> exile for the world. And maybe the next episode is going to be a little bit lighter. Uh, that's not for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we have a guest or it's if it's me talking next week. Yep. But yeah, thank you everyone for staying with us. Yeah, hope we didn't uh, ruin your day and um, keep strong. Thank you everybody. Uh, thank you, Elio. It was a very nice talk as well. And see you soon again. Hey, do. Hey, do.